And now, from his private island somewhere in the Pacific, beneath the wind-swept palm trees, the purveyor of the tropical and the topical, finding fun and seduction in the construction and consumption of rum, your friend and mine, the one and only, Tiki Man. Yeah. <laughs> Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and being but one traveler, long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent into the undergrowth. Then, taking the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, for it was grassy and wanted wear, but as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. So, both that morning equally lay, in leaves no tread had trodden black. I should leave the one for another day, but knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I would ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, now and forever and ever since. Two roads diverged in a wood and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken, one of my uh, favorite passages. Being the macho kind of guy that I am, um, I love poetry. Yeah, yeah. You ask any tough guy that you know, and they'll, they'll tell you. They probably have memorized many stanzas. In fact, I have one. Where in the heck is it down here? There's a, a, a Heinrich Heinz is a wonderful poet. He's a German poet um, who's, um, whose work translates very well to English. Let me see here. Deutschland, Deutschland, Weberalas, Weberalas. Here it is. Heinrich Hein. This is an edition. This is 1957. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 1947 publication. Check it out. Anyway, what are we doing here? What am I doing here? Why am I here? Um, a bit of trepidation on my part, I have to admit. But I thought, why not make use of this space? Um, why do I keep it to myself? That don't make any darn sense. Um, now, granted, there have been people visiting from time to time, and they've come into this, the Oasis Tiki Bar. By the way, this is Midnight at the Oasis, and I am your host, the original and authentic tiki man. In fact, I even have an original and authentic tiki drink. This is a Mai Tai. This is the king of all tiki drinks. This is my own my own recipe. I I tweaked the um, Trader Vic's recipe, and this is delightful. They've actually made probably what two, three dozen of these different. Variations of the tea. I'll, I'll explain it later. I'll give you the recipe that I, I have or that I use. It's based upon the original Trader Vic 
uh, not the uh, Don the Beachcomber version, but you know, should we have a little bit of relaxing music? I think so. I mean, it can't be a tiki bar or any kind of a cocktail lounge without any kind of real music. Real music. Real music. Uh, okay, well, that's... Hmm. Uh, that's good, too. Do we have real music going? Oh, yeah. We have the piano man. I hired him just for the occasion. So, yes, trepidation, that's for sure. And this is the reason, because things always seem not to go exactly according to plan. Mainly because I don't have a producer. Agent 98.6, um, she, she took off. I don't know where she's at. Can't find her anywhere. I should get a producer. At least that'll give me somebody to talk to. Well, well I mean, I can talk to you. So, in any case, um, started this whole thing off in 19, no, 2006. And I had a channel called Super Soylent. And what was Super Soylent? Well, Super Soylent, Super Soylent was just another channel, kind of like this one, where I would do videos, but, um, since I was working a government job at the time, I put myself in silhouette with the back wall lit and myself dark and uh, I put a voice changer on it and uh, people were accusing me of being in the witness protection program, which made me thrilled, chuffed to bits. I, w I thought that was great because I figured, hey, this is kind of a, a cool thing, but I didn't have that many um, subscribers, maybe 2,000 subscribers in a four-year period, even though I kind of thought it was an interesting, an interesting thing I was doing, but, um, yeah, that, that channel was taken down. It was, um, the victim of what is known as, what was known as a, uh, a flagging party or a, um, you know, a, a, a flagging I don't know. It, it, it was a thing, okay? It was a flagging thing. And um, back then, YouTube, if you got three flags, and the flags could be for anything, and anyone could issue the flag on your video, let's say racism, for example. Heteracism, there's a flag. One person, one flag. But if you got yourself a couple of buddies, then you could hit your video with three flags, and the video's taken down. That's what happened to me, is that a video was taken down. Uh, now, YouTube gave us the opportunity to refute the, the, uh, the flag, and um, they would review it and, and, and give it back to you within a dozen days or so. The only problem is that if you had somebody running a flagging campaign, that's the word I was looking for. If you had somebody running a flagging campaign, what they would do is they grab a bunch of guys and they flag they flag one video, three flags, and second video three flags, and the third video three flags. 
three videos taken down and YouTube would take your channel away from you. That's the way it worked. And then you really didn't have a recourse at that point. Fortunately, I had taken downloads or, or whatever I kept many of my videos and I put it on super soylent 2 and that's still up believe it or not but the guy who ran the flagging campaign that just is just a matter of interest was a, a gentleman by the name of Jose Escamilla now Jose Escamilla is the guy who invented or came up with the idea for flying invisible rods You know, the rods that, that, that flew so fast that, that the human eye couldn't catch them. But photography can. If you, you set your camera for extreme high speed, like one two thousandths of a second, you can catch these things. And they look like little squiggly things, you know, flying through the air. And I made some videos um, basically showing where it was simply uh, a slow shutter speed, not a fast shutter speed that caused insects and birds um, to look that way and he was upset he wanted a debate and he had he had been on well, was it coast to coast AM with uh, Art Bell I think three different occasions where he was talking about his line rods and his um, his ability to capture them when well, he called it sky fishing because, you know, that's how you catch, you know, rods, sky fishing, and you use the camera to do it. But after I and others began to um, point out exactly how this is occurring with sh slow shutter speed, he got a little upset. Uh, but he didn't do anything at that point. He, he, he waited until his second go around with a production that was called um, Moon Rising. And, uh, and he was bringing forth these ideas about, oh, UFO bases on the moon and aircraft on the moon. There was one that he showed there was an aircraft that was as large as the city of Los Angeles that had crash landed on the moon and a giant was actually repairing this ship and trying to, you know, get it he also came up with this thing about how astronauts, when they were on the moon, um, you know, discovered these little tiny cities, itty bitty cities, in which like the Empire State Building is like what, like about like that, you know? And, and they're people, real people in these little itty bitty cities about, you know, about an inch tall. And that the astronauts had, had, uh, had taken some of these little homes and things and, and captured some of the little people and brought them back to uh, to earth and nasa got them in a little containment facility and so uh, so i made several videos about that and um so he he was upset about that i think the last the last time he was on coast to coast with uh, george nori he was really complaining and he was crying that he was losing money. He, he couldn't, you know, um, finish his productions and all these people, quote unquote, people who were 
making videos against him and uh, how things weren't working out and he, how, how much he owed to uh, people they borrowed money from, 200,000 or, or more. Um, and you know, I, I just thought, God, this is really sad, you know? It's, what a pathetic little thing to happen because he was a nice guy. I mean, he was a nice guy to talk to. I spoke with him on, on the phone on two occasions. And, and we had a nice chat together. I mean, he told me about like when he was playing in a rock band in the 1960s and how they would tour the Southern states. Um, and he also admitted that he was the one involved in taking down Super Soylent. <laughs> yes, he was. That was nice of him to admit it, but he said he was upset and all that. Well, it was the last time I ever did anything to, against, or whatever with, uh, with Jose Escamillo about the flagging campaign. So now here I am. I decided to do this. Wow, Super, yeah, super Soylent was like four years and then another... So it was 13 years total, I think. I've been here since 2012. You know, right before I was sued for $75,000 uh, for posting a photograph that the plaintiff did not own. No, no, really. That, that really happened. She didn't get a dime from it, though. It was dismissed with prejudice. She couldn't in the future come back and do anything about that let me look at my uh, let me look at see how many people are avoiding me at this point oh okay why why is that that way do i have any comments oh i do have comments look at that new comments uh, new comments great show okay i'll do that it's all blue. <laughs> so basically what's going to happen here is um, I do have a topic for this evening. And uh, we'll have maybe a little bit of fun. Uh, and then uh, I'll uh, open it up for questions. And I'll be reading your questions here. So what's going to happen is you can ask any question. Any question at all. I mean, not just questions about me or my channel or my belief systems or anything of that nature. Anything. Ask any question about any topic that you want. Seriously. Why not? So I told that to a, a fellow podcaster today, and he mentioned that it was like opening Pandora's box. And I thought to myself, okay. <laughs> it's got to be entertaining, right? Anyway, my tie time. Mm. Okay. Wow, that's nice. So now what are we going on to? Hey, let's go on to headlines. Stupid headlines. Are you ready for a few? I only have three tonight. I'll probably have a lot more next week. Okay, I have three stupid headlines. Uh, headline number one. <laughs> I can't help 
Okay. Uh, headline number one: Woman addicted to eating her own hair has giant hairball with a tail removed from her stomach. A giant hairball with a tail. Where, where's the tail at? Oh, I get it. The tail went further on. <laughs> no, I'm not going to read the story. You see, the story spoiled the whole thing. The story basically irons out all of the craziness from the headline. So why not just stick with the headline? Because that's the most entertaining part. I don't want anybody to explain it. I just want to read it and uh, be amused. Headline number two, grandma accidentally buys a 30 pack of condoms instead of tea bags. This is the last headline. Like I said, I don't have three. Uh, two men make an earth sandwich uh, by putting bread, a piece of bread on opposite sides of the planet an earth sandwich that's a that's a Guinness Book of World Record thing right there right the largest sandwich in the world is in fact the world but of course you know that's impossible since we know that the earth is flat speaking of which <laughs> okay uh, that's uh, let's go to the uh, I don't even know what time we've got here. Gosh darn it, I'm only 20 minutes into this thing. So, let's talk about Flat Earth. You know these guys, these flathead, I mean, the flat, flat earthers, they're okay dudes and, and gals. They, um, they simply are operating off of um, things that we all operate off of, but at a different level. Um, they pretty much, okay, let's just say they operate off of a different level. They, they look at certain things from their standpoint, their position on the earth, on the ground or whatever, and they surmise simply by a personal observation that the earth must be flat. Subsequently, they, they use all kinds of backyard pseudoscience or basic math, um, junk science, what have you, to prove the point. Like the guy who went up in a, in a, a jet aircraft, you know, he was on a flight from, I don't know, Phoenix to Chicago someplace. And he put a, um, um, a level, you know, a carpenter's level on the deck or the floor and he shows how the level remained level that was fantastic the earth is flat right and 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 if the plane was to continue uh, flying level sooner or later he would come to the end of the earth the flat earth and travel straight out into space if it was to continue, but they don't. They land at their, um, they land at their airport that they're aiming for. And here's the problem: is that they say that 
if it was remain level with the round earth with a spherical earth that it would certainly go right out into space i mean like right away it's a straight line but of course what they fail to realize is that um gravity is what keeps the plane from flying out into space and the elevation above the ground is above the ground regardless of whether you're in phoenix or chicago it doesn't matter not because the earth is flat but because you're maintaining the same altitude from the ground you can place that plane here and have the earth below it and spin that earth around and that plane will still be level i wish i had a large ball i could actually show you but instead i have to use hand signals which is dumb don't argue with these guys don't don't try whatever you do don't try to argue science with these people because their idea of science is where they're coming from as far as science not where you're coming from as far as science you know you know the problem is that how do you know that the earth is round and of course you're going to be sitting there going well i know the earth is round because uh 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 it is no one keeps google at hand well most people don't you know they're always asked to explain how the earth is round while flat earthers really don't explain that much about why it's flat instead they challenge the the accepted norms of science and perceive that the accept the accepted norms of science is not true and their ideas of the science is true you see they do argue a lot in regards to epistemic contextualism epistemic contextualism has to do with the placement in a particular context so so it's not really a matter of science at all it's uh, it isn't it's a matter of philosophy contextualism that's um here's an example i'm tall is that a truism is that true am i really tall i'm 511 is 511 tall if i was a school teacher let's say i was a kindergarten teacher right and today i was in the kindergarten classroom and i was surrounded by little tiny kindergartners who uh went to school regardless of the president's saying that they're not supposed to be there because of the Crayola virus. Crayola, because they're kindergartners. Um, <clears throat> so they're all standing around and they're all like these little tiny people. And they look at each other, oh, wow, Tiki Man, he's really tall. Look how tall he is. And in that context, I'm tall. However, if I was trying out for the Lakers, all of a sudden the there's a shift, a pull shift in what the context is. So it's no longer true. And that's kind of the argument 
that's the that's the place where they come from where they argue about flat earth the knowledge the knowledge of their knowledge is different than your knowledge because it's always changing as a matter of context and how it's put in to the situation or the evidence or the pseudo evidence our evidence can be easily dismissed because we don't have any ready available proof at our disposal as we sit here at the time i cannot get on there and try to explain why the earth is round to someone at this very moment if they ask me how i know that's the truth i don't know not based on that so let's take a look at um how knowledge changes with context because knowledge does change and you can have the same knowledge today as you had yesterday let's say uh, for example um you're a worker and um you got off work friday evening with a certain knowledge of your job and you come back monday morning you still have us that same certain knowledge of your job so the knowledge doesn't change but if you apply that to a difference of context let's say okay let's say i have uh let's say i have a daughter she's in college and uh, and i i i do transfer a small amount of money to her account occasionally so i have all of her account information at my disposal all right so yeah so i know her account information i you know i know her name her date of birth all that i know her sign in everything for online banking and i want to deposit 100 bucks from my account to her account okay no problem i know it i have all that information right up here it's knowledge and i've done it many times what happens though if all of a sudden i win the lottery and i want to trans transmit or you know tra- transmit no what did i just say trans transfer thank you thank you very much well i wanted to transfer um $100,000 into her account online And I'm thinking to myself that's a lot of money to be transferring online to her account. And even though I know her account information and her sign on and all that because of the amount of money there's going to be this little doubt in my little brain it's going to cause me to question that. And sure as shit I'm going to give her a call. I just want to confirm this, you know, your account information before I trans- transfer all of this money, you know. It's the same knowledge. The same knowledge you had the day before, but now all of a sudden it's changed because of the context of the situation. So how do you know the earth is round? How do you know? Knowledge is the same, the context changes. Um scientist could be questioned in regards to um oh I don't know um evolution Darwin's theory of evolution and um and the person who is an, an anti-evolutionist could basically say you know you weren't there 
You weren't with Darwin. You don't have all of that information that he had. And currently, what information do you have right now that you have to, to show that evolution exists? Is, isn't it true that there could be the possibility, no matter how minute, that you could be wrong about evolution, or at least one part of it? Yeah, sure. Sure we could. We could all, you know. No, it's possible. Oh, California Pickin. Hey, hey guy. I haven't seen him in a long time. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I mean, anything is possible. Any, you know, it's what, what is most probable and what we have accepted as being more than likely. But the doubt is the problem. You know, they have the doubt of all kinds of things. And um, they ignore the evidence that has been happening over the many, what, centuries since Galileo. You see, now Galileo was a backyard scientist, basically. Could he have been wrong about what he was observing through his telescope? Yes, he could have been. But it led to a hypothesis and that was challenged and tested. That's what science is about. It's about testing the evidence and finding it either, you know, substantive or none. You know, it's like, it's either real or believable or acceptable, it's been tested and repeated, whatever, or it's just shit can. That's the way science works. The science is not a belief system. It's a methodology. Right? Of testing and questioning and testing again and observing. But unfortunately, um, the flat earthers, they tend to disregard that <laughs> which is highly you know it's just there's no logic behind it whatsoever they will point to one little tiny piece of information that they have and 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 bring that forth as proof that the earth is flat but when we offer a piece of information that shows the earth is spherical that does not meet the burden of proof enough to prove that the earth is round because it has to be a very high amount of evidence to prove it's round since our basic observation is that it's flat i mean you got guys saying yeah, there's a bridge and the bridge level the bridge goes from here to here the earth is round but it's level without completely taking into account that, you know, you've got the, you know, the level changes and you simply make the bridge level. I don't know. I just, if a car was uh, driving, uh, if it was around earth, the, the, the thing would just drive right off the side, the car instead of the bridge. If the bridge followed the earth and it was round, it would be, you know, 
That's the point I was trying to make. So what is real to them? They question. But you know, the funny thing is, let's, let's, uh, oh, here's a great example. I thought of this just the other day. Let's say, for example, that I come up with my own hypothesis. Let's say uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, oh, or let's say Los Angeles, California. Now, in downtown Los Angeles, California, there is a nondescript building, um, very official looking building. In the basement of this building is a large area where there's some machinery around that collects the energy from this pit. The pit is a couple of miles deep where they discovered um, this energy source, which is very similar to a nuclear reaction. And this energy source is what powers the entire city of Los Angeles. That's where Los Angeles gets its electricity is from the single energy force. I mean, you look at, you look at uh, nuclear powered submarines, right? A little thing like this powers a nuclear powered submarine. And then you've got this huge pit and you got all kinds of electricity out of that thing. And of course, somebody that uh, knows where the city of Los Angeles gets its electricity would say something like, oh no, um, Hoover Dam. It's a hydroelectric dam and that supplies electricity to Los Angeles. Really? Are you sure? No, really, are you sure? Are you sure Hoover Dam supplies all the electricity to Los Angeles? How do you know? Were you ever at Hoover Dam? Were you ever there? Were you? Were you were? Maybe you were. Did you ever go down and see the, the generator, the hydroelectric generators that they have there? Did you ever see them actually in functioning and working? Did you measure whether or not electricity is actually coming out of those things? Did you follow the electric lines from Hoover Dam all the way to one substation and another one and another one all the way to Los Angeles to prove that there's actually a line that goes from Hoover Dam to Los Angeles? I bet you haven't. So how do you know? Thus is the argument, the type of argument that flat earthers present. Were you ever in space? Did you ever observe the earth being round from space? Well, sure, you know, the International Space Station. No, 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 the International Space Station, that's that's bogus. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 that's, no, that's fake. Actually, there is no International Space Station up in space. Of course not. And they stitched together all of these fake photographs, you know, all this, you know. Because NASA, NASA's been doing this for a long time. They lie. NASA lies. Did you know that NASA lies? Well, did you know that everyone lies? I lie. When I was a kid, I lied to my parents, lied to my school teachers, lied to my girlfriend. No. Um, Everyone lies. You know, you, there's no there's no way that you can go through your life without being a quote unquote liar at one point or another. 
So does NASA lie? Well, I suppose there's people in NASA does lie. But you see, the problem is that the Earth had been known to be round long before NASA existed. So how do you explain that? Maybe NASA went back in time a hundred years to explain it. And no, it's, uh, they ignore. They ignore everything that has gone before us. Everything, everything that we've that we've learned and tested and found to be true, is tossed aside. What the astronauts have stated of their own observance, they claim are lies. NASA, lying. Government can't be trusted. The government's covering it up. Did you know the government was covering that up? You know why the government's covering up? Flat Earth, you know why? Neither do I. There's no reason for it. So the Earth is flat. Big deal. Big deal. Seriously. If through all the ages we have been accumulating evidence and observations that indicated the Earth was flat, that's exactly what science would have been testing and proving and showing all this time. But all of a sudden. The government can't be trusted, which um, <laughs> which makes me wonder what what government they're talking about. The U.S. government, um, Norwegian government, Zimbabwean government. Which government is lying to us? Which government's covering it up? Come on, come on. Which one? Which one? Pick one. Pick three. Pick all of them. All of them are all involved together because they've all gotten together. All the governments in the world have gotten together with our government. Sure, they have, and they've concluded that they need to cover up the flat Earth. But what about、um, our government? We'll just we'll just concentrate on that. Maybe our government is just lying to all the other governments and influencing them. Yeah. Our government, our current government, not the government that we had ten years ago, which was a different government. I mean, it was the same structure. The government was the same structure, but there were different people. So it was a different government, different liars, I guess. And ten years prior to that, it was a different government, and prior to that. A hundred years prior to that, and a hundred years prior to that, they were they were covering it up, and you know, two hundred years when the country was founded, it was、uh, you know it was being covered up because you can't have a flat Earth in、uh, 1776, just can't have it. And of course,、uh, before this country was founded, you know, you had the English government, the French government, they were all covering it up too. Yep, that's、uh, yeah. But you know, all that's held to a higher proof. You know, theirs is held to a higher proof. You know, they look、uh, they look out at、uh, at the water and they see a ship that's the mirage of a ship that's being reflected、uh, above the above the layer, the cold air layer. 
Morgana. I can't remember. Fatana, Fatana Morgana, I think it's called. And um, I saw a photograph, or no, it was a video of a boat that was 27 miles across uh, Lake Tahoe. It was. Obviously, Lake Tahoe is flat, right? It's flat, right? Um, but 27 miles away or, or thereabouts, uh, there was a boat. And, you know, there's a curvature of the earth. And at 27 miles away, we should not be able to see the whole boat, according to the person. So what we see is kind of a um, kind of a fuzzy image down below where the water is and then the boat above it. And Fata Morgana, Morgana is... Um, is a thermal uh, thermal distortion of the image or uh, of, uh, of our view or what whatever I what is it, image what I guess it's image it's like uh, a mirage in the desert see in the desert you have a uh, high desert for example um, in Nevada where you have um, overnight temperatures that drop very low in the winter for example and they um, the surface gets very cold and then the sun comes up and the and all of a sudden everything heats up the air heats up real quick and all of a sudden you've got this cold air layer laying on top of the ground and on top of that you've got a hot air layer and what that does is it traps light so that it maintains um it maintains our visual sight only above that cold air layer best way I can explain it look it up Fatana Morgana anyway so that's what they're seeing and you can see that in the uh, you know out of sea on a lake Lake Tahoe warms up during the day the lake itself is fed by cold rivers or cold streams and that's what you get you get a mirage and that mirage is what this guy was using as evidence that the earth was flat because evidence, real evidence, science has to be dismissed, discarded, thrown away, untrusted, untrusted like the government, untrusted like NASA. That's just the way it is. Don't ever try to convince these people of this. Don't ever try to argue the science with them. It's not going to do any good. Their belief system is a very strong one, as most belief systems is. Most belief systems are, excuse me. <sighs> wow, okay. Okay, now on to politics. Actually, we're, we're running low on time. Okay, here we go. Let's let's go right to the questions. I'm going to look at the questions. In a world where Earth would be a flat, they would say it was round. How do you know that? Wow, you guys are coming hot and heavy here. Hold on, let me expand this a bit. 
Oh, oops, too far, too far. Wait, I saw the light. Good one. Phil, what was the most challenging breakdown you ever done? My personal favorite was the Grays Harbor thermal footage you did. Um, no, I would say it was the Sierra thermal. The Sierra thermal was the, was the biggest one because um, Bar Cartino, Cartino, why am I saying that name wrong? He, uh, he basically wanted me to tear it apart to, to see if there's any evidence at all that proves or shows that it wasn't uh, Bigfoot and I couldn't do it. I tried Bart Cartine. Part five. Ah. All right. So don't try to convince. The best breakdown was Werewolf Forest. <laughs> Werewolf Forest. Hey, look at that. What do you think of Steve at How to Hunt? He he makes some long videos. Yeah. You know, he kind of reminds me of, uh, he kind of reminds me of the, the forest boy. What's his name? Tim, Forest Tim, Timber Tim. He, he reminds me of him. Thank you, Will. Brandon, all right, my resident uh, troll. You know, you gotta rely on certain people. Um, when you have a resident troll, like Brandon Blount, or Blunt, Blount, Blount, Blunt. When you have a resident troll who who consistently comes to your channel, you know you got you got to keep it fed. And um, he does offer some interesting insights at times, and I appreciate him him being here. And he always calls me the old dust farter because I am an old dust farter. Uh, we come to the conclusion, but uh, a few of them you kind of leave up in the air. What, what are we to think? Well, that is being left up to you. Um, I can't answer all the questions. I don't know everything. I can only observe and report in certain cases. If I cannot resolve the issue, that's where I leave it. I can't resolve the issue. And that really leaves that open to speculation or other people's judgments or beliefs or what have you. I'm not going to tell people what to believe, you know, especially if the evidence doesn't show it. That would be dishonest. And I, and I, and I stick by that. Kind of funny, an anonymous made a threat message to the KKK and did nothing after the message, but it's still a member. Yes, but who are anonymous? Who is anonymous? Anymore. Tim is. <laughs> Brandon, you're okay. See if there's any other questions that were back up in here. 
Come on, ask some questions. Oh, have I seen the Carbondale PA Bigfoot footage? The white Bigfoot, real fake thoughts. Uh, yeah, fake. Uh, it's uh, it's a costume. Um, and um, because of low light conditions and slow shutter speed, it it's distorted when it moves, and uh, if that distortion causes, if you look closely. It looks like maybe his eyes blinking or maybe his mouth is moving or something. But no, it's simply it's simply low light and slow shutter speed that causes that. It's a mask. There's no, uh, if you look at the eyes, they're black. There is no eye shine at all. No reflection from, uh, from the IR or whatever they're using. So yeah. Todd standing is delusional. Mm. Mm. No, he's not delusional. He's deliberate. Todd standing is deliberate. Not delusional. All right. Well, okay. No one wants to ask any questions. Screw it. I'll uh, I'll read something. I'll read a Bigfoot uh, account here. Uh, a man. I hope you enjoy the uh, the digs. I hope you were all uh, relaxed. Enjoying the evening, as I am. My time. Um, an ounce of amber rum. Any of any of your choice. If you want to use uh, spiced amber, whatever you want to use. Uh, the original cost called for 15 years, uh, 15 year rum from Jamaica, whatever, and it's uh, very expensive. But anyway. You do that, and then you have um, about half ounce or the juice of half a lime in there, and then you put in um, half an ounce of triple sec. Um, the original recipe called for orange carousel, but it's too sweet, doesn't have enough of an orange flavor. So I use triple sec, it's, it's far better for a drink. It makes it a little, not so sweet. Um, I leave out sugar syrup, the original call for sugar syrup. It's too sweet. And um, then you put in, uh, let me see, the orange, uh, the triple sec, that. Oh, flarenum, flarenum. This is flarenum. This is velvet flarenum by John D. Taylor. And I order this online. It is a liqueur. There's alcohol in it. Um, you could go to the store and get yourself a flavored syrup, you know, where they do the Italian soda flavors and they have something called Orgeat, O-R-G-E-A-T, but that's not how it's pronounced. It's a French word. It's actually pronounced Orge. And you can get that and it's basically the same flavor, but this is better, much better. Um, okay. So we have that, we have that, we have that. Now I put in... Uh, the lime, the orange, the rum. Then I, I do put in a little bit of pineapple juice. That's something that the original Trader Vic's recipe did not call for. And then I, I top it off with uh, a dark rum. Any dark rum will do. Pusser's. Um, I use... I use Meyer's original Planters Punch dark rum, which is very good. 
and I float that all on the top and it's wonderful. Now, hundreds of different recipes all over the world for this drink, this Mai Tai. I gotta tell you, the, the, the Hawaiian Luau Mai Tai is the worst. Um, we went to um, Maui. We were staying in Lahaina on Maui and we uh, signed up for a luau. And we get there and it was like the Hilton Hotel on the beach luau and we were expecting, you know, all the grass skirts and the fire and all that. No. It was essentially a dinner. And, and, and you were in like the conference room, the large conference room that the Hilton had. And they'd set up the tables and they did bring in the, the, the pit, you know, the pit pig, and they chopped that up and they put it on your plate, whatever. They had Mai Tais though. All you could drink Mai Tais. A whole table stretched out, just Mai Tais all the way down it. Now, I, I, I took one of these Mai Tais. I sat down, I took a drink, and it was like, you could never get a buzz off of these Mai I don't care how many you drank, you would get waterlogged before ever, ever, ever getting a, a, a buzz off of them. It was just like maybe an ounce of light rum, some orange juice, and pineapple juice. That was their Mai Tai on ice in a little plastic cup about that big. Sad. It's very sad. So making the proper Mai Tai is important. And don't go to, don't think that you're, you're going to get a proper Mai Tai at a Chinese restaurant. It's going to come with some grenadine floating in the bottom and, or any other bar for that matter, a restaurant, you know, Outback Steakhouse. No, no, no. It's going to be something that they concocted some rum with some fruit juice and they're going to call it a Mai Tai. It's not a Mai Tai. So next week, I'm going to have a different drink. And um, I'm going to be in a different place inside the Tiki Lounge. The, um, um, I might be over there, over there, down here. I don't know. But if you stay tuned, every week I'm in a different location. So sooner or later, you're going to get an idea what this whole place looks like. At least, at least that's kind of the idea behind the place. Wow, it's already uh, 11.57. I actually did an hour. It's amazing. So, I ran out of stuff to talk about. Isn't this great? All right, so next week, and it's going to be every Saturday night at 11 o'clock right here we're gonna just kind of chill together I guess listen to some nice jazz and you know since a lot of people have to stay home anyway or are planning on staying home might as well you know I mean you don't want to watch TV you want to listen to some nice little bit of jazz in the background and hang out in a tiki bar it's just the place to do it So anyway, that's all for me, I guess. And uh, I appreciate it, you all. And uh, 
I'm not gonna, you know, start start talking about, you know, sub and all this kind of crap because I'm doing this for therapy. What, you think I'm kidding?